This is T.M. Camp, and you're listening to the podcast edition of my novel, Assam and Darjeeling. Book One, Chapter 18 Talking with Dragons, Talking with Girls G was having a perfectly lovely time. Just so long as you don't spray me, the dragon, Jerry, told her, handing her a pair of yellow rubber gloves and the spray nozzle. Although they went clear up past her elbows, she enjoyed the pleasant squeaking feeling of the gloves between her fingers. Despite his fearsome appearance, Jerry was actually very sweet, at least two of his heads were, although only one of them could carry a tune. Together, she and the dragon sang along with the radio and scrubbed the dishes clean. Lots of chocolate for me to eat, he sang. Lots of coal making, lots of heat, she answered. Warm hands, warm face, warm feet, oh war, did it be lovely, they harmonized. Lovely, the dragon sang. Lovely, she followed. Gods of flame and mischief, muttered Jerry's leftmost head to Assam, who was not, incidentally, having quite so much fun as his sister. Is she always this... this? Perky? The boy nodded glumly. Yeah, she is. How do you stand it? Assam shrugged. Long ago, he developed a limited immunity to his sister's charms. She no longer delighted or annoyed him, at least in small doses. The dragon ground out his cigarette in a coffee cup sitting next to the radio. Some days, he confided to Assam, some days I'm half tempted to accidentally knock that damn thing into the sink. What, the radio? Yeah. Why don't you just change the station? The dragon shook his head. Wouldn't matter. It's on every station. It's all they play down here. What is? The dragon fished a crumpled pack of cigarettes out of his apron pocket. Show tunes, he said miserably, offering the pack to the boy. And nothing but. Assam shook his head. I don't smoke. No? Suit yourself. Jerry tugged a fresh cigarette out of the pack with his lips and lit it with a jet of blue flame from one of his nostrils. Assam was impressed. They only play show tunes? Yeah. The dragon blew a pale plume of smoke out of his other nostril. Why, where do you think you are, anyways? Assam shrugged. He had a point. The radio squeaked its way through a commercial for a car wash, and then the disc jockey rolled into a new song. Assam tried to wrap his head around the notion that somewhere out there in the underworld was a disc jockey playing songs, let alone a car wash. The middle head of the dragon sang softly. Not a day goes by, not a single day, but you're somewhere a part of my life, and it looks like you'll stay. As the days go by, I keep thinking, when does it end? Hopefully soon, 
the left head muttered to Assam. Behind them, the door banged open and Sarah came in, ducking her head to get her antlers under the top of the door frame. Hey guys, she said. How's it going? Sarah, G in the dragon's middle and right heads called out. The left head nodded to her. You punched out? She nodded. Yeah, I just wanted to say hi before I left. Everybody doing okay? G and the dragons nodded. We've been singing, the girl told her. Sarah smiled. I bet. How about you, big guy? She knelt down next to Assam. Jerry being mean to you? Very, the left head told her. I'm being very mean, and I've bitten him twice, once for every time he smiled. He's fine, the boy told her. Sarah smiled. Can I borrow him for a few minutes? Jerry nodded. They're just about done anyways. Aw, G frowned. Can we stay a little longer? Sarah stood up, cocked her head, and put her hands on her hips. You are, she told the girl, absolutely one of the strangest, most wonderful little girls I have met. Ever. And then she kissed her, once on each cheek. G beamed. You stay here with Jerry. She put her hand on Assam's shoulder. I want to talk to your brother for a minute. When he comes back, you guys can call it a night, okay? The girl nodded. Come on, buddy. She nudged him with her hip. Walk me out back, okay? Assam, trying very hard not to blush, said, Be right back. The dragon and his sister nodded at him, bobbing their heads in time to the radio. No one cares if you grow or if you shrink, his sister sang to him. Assam didn't take it personally. He hung up his apron and followed Sarah out. I'm not going to ask you a lot of questions, but I need to know a few things. You kids are very sweet, and I'd hate it if something bad happened to you because I was afraid of being nosy and didn't help. They were standing outside on a low concrete slab at the back of the diner. To one side was a big green dumpster with a few garbage cans gathered around it. On the other side, a set of concrete steps led down to what looked like a driveway, but there wasn't anything out there beyond it, except for darkness. Assam was surprised to see that it was nighttime. I didn't think we'd been in there that long, he said to Sarah. Time works a little different here than what you're used to, she said, which is one of the things I wanted to talk to you about. She shot a glance out past the diner, into the darkness. My boyfriend will be here soon, so I don't have a lot of time. She sat down on the edge of the loading dock and dangled her legs over, letting them swing. She patted the concrete next to her. Assam sat down. Your sister's very strong, she said, and very sweet, but she's not careful enough, not by half, so you're going to have to be careful enough for both of you. You understand what I'm saying? The boy nodded. His parents had been telling him practically the same thing for years. Sarah looked up at the sky. She seemed to be debating something in her mind. Finally, she said, 
How did you get Charlie to take you without paying the obelisk? The what? The coin. What did you give Charlie for your passage? Assam shifted, confused. Who's Charlie? The man with the boat on the river. He pushes it along with a staff, a long stick. The boy shook his head, understanding. No, we couldn't. He wouldn't let us on, so we had to. She held up a finger to his lips. Nope, don't. It's better if I don't know. What do you mean? She sighed. I can't lie. Assam looked at her, puzzled. Okay. If someone asks me, I mean, she tipped her head towards him and whispered, if someone asks, I have to tell them what I know. Who? The way she said someone caught his attention. It wasn't a someone that meant anyone. The way she said it made him think that someone meant someone specific and that it was not a good someone either. She sat back. Trust me, it's better if you don't know. It's better if I don't know, or it's better if you don't say? He asked, a little rudely. She sighed. Both, probably. But you don't need to worry about that. What do I need to worry about? She looked up at the sky. Nothing. Together, they stared up at the dark, scarless sky for a while. You're a good kid, Sam, she told him. Thanks, I... He froze, suddenly very scared. She stared at him for a long moment. It wasn't hard to figure out. Don't worry, I won't tell anyone. She looked back up at the sky. There's really only one or two reasons why people come here, she said, and only one of those is on purpose, really. He didn't know what to say. You're going to have to be careful. She's going to have to be strong. Sarah gave him a wry smile. This sort of thing isn't nearly as easy as it sounds in the stories. It's never easy in the stories, Assam said. She winked. Well, so, this is going to be harder then. He laughed. There was a clatter from one of the garbage cans and he looked over, startled, just in time to see something pale slink off into the shadows. Foxes, Sarah said. Listen, you're not the first kid to try this sort of thing. I'm not? It's happened before. Does it happen a lot? More than you'd think. He sat there for a long moment, thinking. He was afraid to ask his next question, but Sarah beat him to it. Sometimes, she said, quietly. Sometimes they do, yeah. But not always. He didn't dare look at her. But not always. She put her hand on the crown of his head and gave him a wry, lopsided smile. I'm sorry, buddy. Looking back down at his shoes, Assam said, It's all right. 
At least it's not hopeless. She laughed and squeezed his hand. You guys, you always say that. Who? You. People. She laughed again. You're all so funny. Assam opened his mouth and then closed it again. She cocked her head to one side. What? Nothing. Assam wasn't quite sure that he wanted to know how much more to Sarah there was than just a cute girl who happened to have antlers. Tell me. Sarah, he stopped, uncertain. What are you? She sat back and looked at him. What do you mean? Before he could answer, a car came around the side of the diner and pulled up alongside of them, engine rumbling like thunder. The car was long and painted dark red with little sparkles in it. There was a coiled snake painted in gold on the hood. As it pulled up, the top of the car opened up and folded back to crumple upon itself and disappear behind the back seat. Rap music poured out of the open car. That's my ride, Sarah said. That's my baby. She stood up, brushing off the seat of her jeans. Walk me over. I want you to meet Seth. They hopped down and Assam followed her to the car. There was a man sitting behind the wheel. He was bald and tan, with a face so smooth it might have been glass. He had a gold ring in one ear and wore a sand-colored shirt open to his waist. He might have been a thousand years old. He might have been forty. Hey, baby, he called to her. Who's your friend? Hi, sweetie. Sarah leaned in and kissed him on the lips. This is Assam. He's been helping Jerry out tonight. Hi, the boy said. Seth had yellow eyes with a long, thin pupil at the center, like a cat or a snake. Assam, the man nodded. That is an excellent name. He had a bit of a lisp, Assam noted, and his lips were cracked around the edges and wrinkled like a mummy's. Thanks. Sarah wrinkled her nose at Seth, looking very cute and very young. Sweetie, I gotta finish up one last thing here real quick, and then we can go. You don't mind waiting, do you? Seth shook his head. No problem, he smiled at Assam. Don't go stealing my girl now, boy. He just might, Sarah said before Assam could answer. She draped her arm over his shoulder. He's quite a charmer, and I've got a thing for younger men. Don't I know it? Seth winked at the boy. Assam felt the blush on his cheeks and couldn't do anything about it. Come on, handsome. She laughed, walking him back up the stairs to the diner. Listen. She knelt down and put her hands on his shoulders. I wish we had more time to talk, she said. Fuck. I wish I could help you more. Why? The question was out of his mouth before he could stop it. He didn't understand why she was taking so much of an interest in him and his sister. She cocked her head to one side, antlers tilting. Because? 
because I like you. You have a good heart, and your sister, she has a lot of spirit. She leaned in and put her forehead against his, closing her eyes. You're going to be okay, she said. It's going to work out all right. He could smell her breath. He couldn't breathe. He wondered if she was telling him that to make him feel better or if she needed to say it so she would feel better. It felt a little bit like a prayer, a command to make it all turn out the way she wanted it to. She leaned back and looked at him. Suddenly, thrillingly, she kissed his cheek. You came here for a reason, she said. You'll make it happen. Assam nodded, his brain having shut down the moment her lips had touched his cheek. He could still smell her breath. She smiled again. You know, I really do have a thing for younger men, and you're very cute. Really? Assam couldn't help but glance over her shoulder to where Seth was waiting. Don't let looks deceive you, she leaned in, whispered against his ear. I'm almost 3,000 years older than he is. Assam didn't know what to say. She smiled, nose to nose with him. Cinnamon, he thought to himself. Sarah locked eyes with him and said, quietly, as though someone might be listening, Go to the Winter Palace and tell her your story. I think she'll help you. Who? Where's the palace? Not so loud, Sarah shushed him. Don't worry, you'll know it when you find it. Before Assam could ask more questions, Sarah stood up. Time to go. My man and I are going to the movies. Take care of her, she said, squeezing his hands between hers. I will. Thank you. It didn't seem like the right thing to say, but he said it anyway. She smiled down at him. You get a little older, you're going to be a heartbreaker. Sarah turned and walked back to the car while his blush mercifully, slowly faded. As she opened the door, she called back. See you. Remember what I said. I will. She got in and closed the door. Assam realized that a convertible was a very practical thing to have, if your girlfriend had antlers. He wondered what they did when it rained. Then he wondered if it even rained at all. Sarah gave him a quick wave, and Seth nodded. Assam raised his hand, and he did not remember to put it down again until long after their taillights had faded into the darkness. He stood in the pool of light cast by the single bare bulb over the door. A few moths darted around, their shadows huge in the yellow sodium light. He wondered if they were real moths, or, maybe, just the ghosts of moths that had long since gone into the light. Or, maybe, like Sarah, they were something else entirely. He took a deep breath and squared his shoulders, ready to face the ordeal of persuading his little sister to stop washing dishes with a three-headed, show-tune-singing dragon. He had his work cut out for him, he knew. 
There was a clatter over by the garbage bins, and he turned with a surprised yelp. From the shadows, something answered with a little bark of its own. Assam froze. He thought to run for the door. He was afraid that if he did, whatever was out there would give chase. He wouldn't make it. He stared into the shadows. Something that might have been two green eyes stared back. After a long moment, he saw them blink and disappear. He relaxed. Foxes, Sarah said in the back of his head. He turned back to the diner. His hand was on the knob when a soft voice spoke to him from behind. Pardon? Assam turned. There was a fox there in the shadows, sitting on top of one of the trash cans. It stared at him intently. Assam turned, reaching for the doorknob again. There was a polite little cough behind him. He turned back. The fox was still staring at him intently. Um, hello, Assam said. The fox blinked and lowered its head, chewing thoughtfully on one of its forepaws. Assam felt suddenly intensely stupid. He sighed and turned to the knob, pulling open the door. The fox raised its head and said, Pardon, monsieur, but I could not help overhearing that you were perhaps looking for someone. Assam stared at the fox. Perhaps, the fox said. I am one who could help, no? Assam didn't know what to say. He let the door close. You've been listening to Assam and Darjeeling, written and performed by T.M. Camp. A new chapter from the book is available each week, free to download at the iTunes Store. To find out more about Assam and Darjeeling, to read my weblog, or to send me your questions and feedback, visit my website at www.tmcamp.com. I hope to hear from you. Thank you for listening. I'll talk to you soon. This podcast was written, performed, and produced by T.M. Camp and may not be copied, distributed, transcribed, or otherwise reproduced without his express written permission. To receive permission, please contact the author directly by holding up a mirror beneath the full moon one night past its wane and whispering your request 
into the left ear of your own reflection. Or in the usual manner at www.tmcamp.com. Unless otherwise noted, all contents of this production are copyright 2007. TM Camp. All rights reserved.